Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we are having a rewatch party. So we are, we've been talking about doing this for so long. We're doing a live reaction watch to our personal, well, at least my favorite um, pageant movie, Miss Congeniality. Is it your favorite pageant movie? Oh, by far, like favorite pageant movie. Absolutely. Okay. It's also my favorite ever movie is Miss Congeniality. Like when people, we, I, I just started a new job. I don't know how many people know that, but I just started a new full-time job and I had to fill out this favorite things questionnaire for like in a new employee information thing. I don't know what they're using that for, but they asked me my favorite movie and I just automatically put Miss Congeniality, not even thinking this was going out to the entire company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not embarrassed about it at all because it's, it's not just a pageant movie. This movie is a classic. I feel like it's a cult classic. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. It's comedy. It's action. It's a little bit of a murder mystery. It's all the things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was, yeah, I remember watching this movie even before I had gotten into pageants at all. I feel like it's Sandra Bullock. It's Candace. What's her last name? Candace. Um, you know, The pageant director lady, the, the oh. lady that owns Miss USA or Miss United States. Oh, her her last Candace, name. Um, I want to say it's Candace Bushnell. Is that her last name? The actress? I, we're going to have to look it up. But because uh, she's an amazing actress. She's been in a ton of things. Sandra Bullock is like literally an Oscar winner. This is a great movie. Oh, Candace Bergen. I just looked. Bergen. That's what it is. Not Bushnell. Okay. So Bergen. Yes. Amazing actors and actresses. It's such a good movie. I can't wait to rewatch it. So we're going to rewatch it. And while we're watching, kind of recap our live thoughts and opinions. But before we start, we have not talked in so long about our favorite things. And while we were just discussing today on the phone, I was like, oh my gosh, don't let me forget on the pod to tell you what I just ordered on Amazon. So I have to tell you about it really quick. There are these things called yoga toes. So I have horrible, like looking feet from 38 years of wearing high heels. They're not pretty. They don't look great. They're, they're not the most beautiful aesthetic feet. I could never be on that weird foot selling thing that like (laughs) Raquel tried to sell her feet to get money to pay for her nose job from Vanderpump Rules. I've been on a rewatch of Vanderpump Rules because of the scandal. So um, I ordered these things. They're like gel plastic. I'm holding them right now. They're like, you know, like when you go to pedicure and they put those foam things in between your toes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's kind of what they are, but they're gel things that you put in between your toes and you do it for 10 to 15 minutes a day. And it's supposed to help with foot pain with bunion correction and prevention, with any type of like arch pain you might have or any kind of thing like this. This is my new recommendation for everyone when they are in 
pageant prep and pageant weekend because you know you get those like your feet just hurt and this is supposed to help almost like stretch out and help your feet get better muscle tone in them so that they don't hurt so bad from wearing heels so you so put I didn't these do that in between your toes for 10 to 15 minutes a day and you can work up to longer amounts of time I'm only on like day three so I'm still on the 10 minutes because it, it is a little bit painful after that 10 minutes for me because my feet kind of are not perfectly shapen. They kind of go into a narrow heel from like pointy toe heel wear for many years. Mm-hmm. So like stretching them out like that for 10 minutes with this gel thing, it does feel good. It feels very good. But at the same time, at the end of that 10 minutes, I'm ready to take them off. Because it is like stretching out your toes, but it's supposed to really be great for your feet, great for arches, for the way your tendons and your bones are in your feet. And I I really think this is a good pageant prep recommendation. They're only like okay. $10. They come in several different sizes. I got the adult size small. I wear a size seven just for reference for shoe size. And I got the adult size small. I got blue. They come in other colors. I got the blue, the standard ones. They were super cheap. They came in like one day from Amazon and I love them. All right. I'll have to try them, but I'll probably need like the large size because I have big feet. I didn't realize you had such small feet. (laughs) I know. I have really small. I feel like I have pretty small feet, but after being on your feet for hours and hours, this is the perfect thing to put on to like help stretch your feet back out and really relax them, especially after We've been on our feet and our heels, all the things. I know you know how what I'm talking about. We, this is a great thing. I'm also going to link my chin mask that we were just talking about whenever we popped on the video and you were like, oh, your face looks really skinny. And I was like, oh, I just did my chin depuffing mask. I'll link those too. Yeah, I could use that right now. I'm a little puffy and inflamed. I'm, I love these chin masks. I found out about them from Kathleen Jennings Beauty on Instagram. She has the best recommendations and she linked these masks forever ago. You put them on like from ear to ear, you link, like you link it over your ear and you wear it like under your chin, like a chin strap while you get ready, while you're like drying your hair or doing whatever, eating breakfast. And then you can wear them up to an hour. And when you take it off, it is like you're jawline is so snatched is it like a mask where it's like is it gonna mess up like my spray tan no it's like um a gel almost like it's it's like a when you it's you know like a it's like the 24 karat gold things but it Mm -hmm. goes okay but it goes from ear to ear underneath your chin and then you just take it right off it's not like a scrub type mask okay interesting they're it's great I love them I had a friend do it every single day the week before her wedding and she was blown away by how different her face looked by that seventh day her on her wedding day compared to the weekend before she was like I literally have never liked how my face looks better in photos okay you Uh, ready to watch yes so here we go we're starting out on the playground scene where it kind of shows where Gracie really learned that the world's a little bit of a harsh place and men can maybe not be nice to girls that they don't think is pretty. This is back when she looked a little bit like a 
typical little girl, right? Yeah, but she's doing like the good thing and she's going to go and like tell this bully like, hey, knock it off. Exactly. Punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I forgot about this. I knew there was a little boy that wasn't nice to her. The boy that she like literally stood up for and she's handing him back his homework and then he's like mean to her. Yeah, super ungrateful. Didn't even appreciate that she had kind of stepped in and defended him. Oh my gosh. Oh, there she goes. She just punches him too. (laughs) I mean, I got to appreciate a girl that stands up for herself and says, boys can't push me around. All right. So then it cuts right to her being in this Russian restaurant undercover where they are trying to get after this guy who clearly has something like, I don't know, something really important, but she doesn't listen to her sergeant or her boss. Mm -hmm. Yes. She gets herself into a pinch and one of her counterparts ends up getting hurt because of her. It all ends up well, like they get the guy, everything's great, but somebody gets hurt because she didn't listen. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of her toxic flaw, right? Is that she always thinks she knows maybe best and doesn't listen to authority or doesn't take advice from others. That's always sort of been why she's not advanced in her career up to this point. And even in the next scene or not the next scene, but the scene after her going into the Starbucks, it's like, I'm not Mm going to wait in line. I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) She ticks off everybody in the Starbucks. And she's very rough around the edges. She's not necessarily a feminine girl. She's very just like, I'm here for what I want. She walks a little bit aggressively and masculinely, and she's definitely no makeup, very just FBI hard like girl but funny enough they have her with long hair which obviously she kind of needs for later on but it Mm -hmm. is funny that she's portrayed like this and but she's got this crazy long hair yes it is long hair but it's always pulled back in a ponytail yes or at least pulled back off her face you know what though now I think about it I mean part of personal grooming even if you're not a super feminine girl would be going to a salon and getting your hair cut and getting your hair cut and so yes. I don't think she ever put herself and her looks as a priority. It was always more about the job and putting the job first, not, like not about getting her hair cut. She, I'm sure she washed her hair. That was probably important, but not straightening it, not like styling it. Just pull it back in the ponytail, put it back off my face. We're getting into like the big case. The big case that they're looking at is the citizen, right? Where they're sending, he sends these messages that need to be decoded. And it's supposed to be hints of what he's going to do next. And do we know yet what that message is? We don't know yet, but he ends up giving it to Agent Matthews as the lead on this next, you know, set of letters that they just got, these citizen letters. Gracie really wants to work on it. And her superior is like, absolutely not. You just got somebody hurt and you don't listen. And she's very upset. She's like ticked. Yes, because she does know. Like, I do think she's a great agent and she has a good intuition. She goes to the bar here and Agent Matthews comes in and she's eating ice cream. She's dripping ketchup or barbecue sauce or whatever on the paper. All over. She's it's looking everywhere, over. right? And it's like all over her hands. It's all over. And she just, it's almost like blood everywhere. And it's all over the work she's doing. And you're just like, you're trying to get assigned to this case. And you are so unprofessional right now. This is the first time that we see her interacting with a traditionally beautiful young 
woman because Agent Matthews brings this woman in and she's totally judging her. She clearly doesn't think that she's intelligent the way she talks to her. She's making fun of the fact that she's younger. Like before this woman says anything, she's already judged her. The woman says something about her shoes. That's not very nice. She says she's wearing masculine shoes. So this woman is like, do all the women in the bureau wear those really masculine shoes? So she's obviously just like annoyed. Like, who is this woman that's even talking to me? And then she mocks my shoes, which is probably valid. She probably had on not great shoes. I'm sure they were some kind of like boots or, you know, she runs for a part of her job. She's got to be comfortable and practical. It's not like she can wear like stilettos. She has somehow weaseled her way into getting on the case because she's good at her job. So she's kind of like standing in the background, throwing out, Hey, like somebody needs to get in there. We know now that the citizen is going to be targeting the Miss United States pageant. So like, we got to get somebody in there because there's so many things going on backstage. There's tech people, there's camera people, all these like directors. And so having someone backstage on site is going to be their best option to keep an eye out and make sure they can figure out when this next attack is going to be. When you were watching this for the first time, what, where did your mind go when they said Miss United States pageant? Back then I'm thinking Miss USA because I right. didn't know the difference between like any pageants. And that's clearly on it. Well, no, I think what they're I, think tri- that, I do think that was the, I don't, I don't think they could use Miss USA, but I do think that's what was the pageant most familiar with people or Miss America. So they've decided they're going to put somebody undercover. They're going to put somebody at the pageant. And the other thing is, the pageant people aren't going to cancel. They're like, absolutely not. The show must go on. We are not canceling this pageant. So they're I mean, like, right. They've got all these girls who've already won their state pageants are coming. We're not putting the pageant on the line because we've got a threat. No. And the broadcasters at the time aren't going to cancel it because it brings in money for them. So now we are looking at the scene where they are trying to choose who they're going to send. So they've got this software that they can basically put. This is one of on my people. favorite parts. <laughs> This is literally one of my favorite parts. Gracie's making fun of them because the woman they picked out is on maternity leave. And they're like, well, great. We can't use her. So they just start looking at, okay, who's under a certain age who we could use for the pageant. And they start dressing people up. And it's like AI software kind of, right? Like it sort of reminds me of like Clueless when she has the closet that can like put together outfits. That's what they're doing. They're like taking their FBI profile photo and dressing it up. And then they think it's really funny because then they start doing it to like each other, to like the men. So they're putting the men in dresses and swimsuits. And finally it gets to the point where Gracie pops up and the guy running it, he's like, well, hey, what about this one? And they put Gracie in a swimsuit and they're like, hey, you actually look pretty good. And then she panics and she basically is like, absolutely not. I am not going to pose as a beauty queen just for this. And she's like, I'm Gracie Hart. The last thing I want to do is like subjectify myself to be a beauty pageant girl. Yes. She's highly against this. And then to the point where they go to the gym where they can like, I don't know, I guess like wrestle each other and like fight each other and train, do self-defense stuff. And her and agent Matthews are literally wrestling and he's trying to convince her to do this. And she's like, absolutely not. And he basically tells her, listen, you're in trouble right now. If you want to ever get off desk duty, you better do this. And so she's, she agrees. She's like, okay, 
I'm going to do it. I don't think she quite realized what she was getting into. She thought that maybe she could just kind of like show up, be there. And it cuts to a scene where they're meeting the head of the pageant, like the, the director of the entire pageant. And this is Candace Bergen's character. Yes. She's meeting with Miss Morningside right now. And they're basically saying, listen, she doesn't have to win, but she has to make it to the top five because that way she's constantly with the women. And she doesn't have to like go back to her seat or go backstage to a certain area where she can't get to people. And Gracie's about to make the big mistake and call it a beauty pageant because she does not consider this a beauty pageant. It is a scholarship program. Have we met Kathy Morningside's son? Not yet. Stan is there though. So Stan's with her. Okay. What is he supposed to be like the assistant director in this? I think so. I think he's like the choreographer, the assistant director, just sort of like the the coordinator, contestant coordinator, all the things. Oh, okay. So he's bringing up, he's like, well, all of the women have already won their state. And it looks like, oh my gosh, this is so messed up. So they're the FBI, so they can find dirt on people. They found some dirt on Miss New Jersey, who is in a adult film, it sounds like. And so they're like, yeah, she's going to have to withdraw because that's obviously against the the rules. Oh my gosh. They just told Miss Morningside and Stan that Gracie's going to be the one. And she has a look of sheer terror on her face. Like, oh no. So immediately she said, I'm going to get you in touch with Victor Melling, who is their pageant guru, the coach of all coaches, basically. Could you potentially say he's the Chris Jenner of pageantry uh, in, TV, in TV and film. Absolutely. <laughs> Frank has just come in. She's calling him his assist, her assistant. We don't know anything else beyond that at this point, but Frank, her assistant, who is kind of like, like he's got a shirt untucked. He kind of looks like a disheveled mess. She's obviously annoyed by him. Okay. Now we're cutting to Victor Melling, the pageant coach, of all pageant coaches, the Chris Jenner of the movie, who is going to be working with Gracie and he's taking a look at her and is like also panicked. Everyone's panicked. Every time they see her, can you imagine how she must because feel? Because they've got to think she has to be able to walk in and look like she is a state winning contestant. She has to look like she was the one who won her state and is now able to compete at a national level She's never competed. She is a FBI agent that I would say is a very tomboy, a very rough around the edges, not feminine in any way, not a typical pageant girl in any way, which I know contestants often say, oh, I'm not a pageant girl. Okay. There's a difference between you've never done a pageant and Gracie Hart. Gracie Hart is like, she doesn't want to do this. A lot of pageant girls who come in that are like, I'm not a pageant girl, but I want to do this. They want to learn. She's like, um, literally like anti that she's like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to learn. I don't want to put on a dress. I I refuse to fix my hair and put on makeup. No. So it's no wonder Victor's like, what is this project? No. Oh my gosh. Well, and immediately he starts coaching her because she is saying yeah, literally yeah. first thing out of his mouth is like, we have to teach you how to dress, how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, how to everything. And he is not, he does not mince words. Like he's like, never. Yeah. She's eating a steak, like a frat boy. 
and drinking a Blood beer. dripping out of her mouth, like <laughs> eating with her mouth open, chewing, literally so disgustingly. Like she looks like she's never been taught basic manners. Oh my gosh. So he just, asked, or she just said, how long have you been doing this pageant training thing? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was too distracted by the half eaten cow rolling around in your <laughs> wide open trap. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think the baby part of how I have developed my coaching technique is from Victor. Okay. So he's giving her a backstory because mm -hmm. he has, a, he was the pageant coach of all time. He had girls basically win every single year. And the year that they lost, or he lost him and his client, it, the winner he says is a deaf mute. And so basically I think he's trying to say like, she won because of that. And there's no beating that because of the story. And like, there was no way anyone could beat that. And then his contestant, the net from the next year in 96 did mm -hmm. an interview saying that he basically pushed her to the brink of insanity. And after this article came out, he's like, nobody ever wanted to work with me after that. Yeah, He, because he was like blacklisted. She kind of blamed him for her mental uh, insanity. Right. Which as a pageant coach, I'm sure that's happened to you where people are like, this is not my fault. I lost It's where they just basically can't handle that. They lost. Oh, it's like, you know, something or something. Kristen, did you yeah. blame me that you did not win this? This is America. Well, no, but I'm also like a normal person. It's, I just think sometimes it can be it, really hard. A for lot of times I, I will say when I, I'm saying this with all sincerity, I, I do think oftentimes contestants don't know where to place their blame. And so they turn to the people who they love and trust the most, whether that's their family, their coach, their best friends, the, the people who supported them, that's where they place their blame. And then in hindsight, they often realize it was no one's fault that they did not win. It is a matter of different day, different judges, different performance, different parts of their preparation. You can never blame some person for you not winning and they often regret the things they say but it does happen and I'm sure that contestant in Victor's case very much regretted that article well or she was very much validated in it and so she just was like yeah that had to have been it right that's why I went crazy <laughs> that's why I couldn't right. handle the pressure and so who knows yes, he but... pushed me too hard he was too intense blah 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 yeah and now Gracie's wondering she's like well like, why didn't Miss Morningside suggest you? And he's like, because I'm the best. And she knows I'm the best. But then he's like, but also all the other contests or all the other like really good coaches were taken by contestants. But also I'm the only one with availability. <laughs> I mean, but he does immediately as soon as he sees her, he's like, I mean, we got no time to waste. And they're walking out of the restaurant and he goes, oh my God, because he sees her walking. <laughs> And now he's trying to explain to her how to glide. He's like, don't look down. You got to look up. Your chin should always be parallel to the floor. And he's like, now glide. And he's like, don't pick your feet up. Oh my gosh. Because she's, <laughs> she's taking the biggest steps. She's clumping. That's the only word for it. Clumping. Oh my gosh. And now he's demonstrating. He's like, watch me. See, I'm gliding. He's like. It's all in the buttocks. Don't I look pretty? 
and he's squeezing all the things that you're supposed to squeeze and he's just wandering and walking about like a floating little cloud and then you see her just look out to him like what have I gotten myself into he she literally goes it takes a very secure man to walk like that All right, so now we go to a more sinister scene where it shows what who's presumed to be the citizen making a bomb, a very, very small explosive device that is going to be attached to a remote. And let me see here. Yeah, that's all we get. Some sinister. All right, the next scene is Agent Matthews and Victor looking at her in the plane they're going to basically get her like all done up he has her watching crowning videos pageant videos studying game film and like just trying to see like hey look like look how much this means to these women like how big of a deal this is like they are overwhelmed with emotion when they win because they had worked so hard and she does not take this seriously she's making she is making fun of them She's imitating. She's just, she she thinks it's ridiculous. All right. So this is probably one of your favorite scenes because we're going into makeover scene. (laughs) They're getting all the things. Oh yeah. I love it so much. They're getting off the plane and and they go to a literal warehouse where they have brought in people to do. Every potential team you could think of from nails to hair, to styling, to spray tan. I mean, Every potential vendor you could imagine is at this warehouse. And then they hand over her little flag pen, which is super cute. Actually, it's something that you would see a pageant woman wear. And that's going to be her secret camera and then her little earpiece. And they give her her new identity. And she's not thrilled. It is Gracie Lou Freebush. And she's ticked because that was the name that she had said to like make fun of it. Like, she's like, what, what do you think I am? Like a Gracie Lou Freebush and all I want is world peace. And so they're like, you know what? Yeah, you're Gracie Lou now. Gracie Lou Freebush. It's morning. Everyone's been up all night. And the whole team comes out exhausted, but so proud. And she because comes the out. doors are about to open of this warehouse. And this is iconic. Like this, yeah, like this scene, this is the makeover scene of all makeover scenes and like the best after I've ever seen in a movie where she comes out and is just slow motion, stunning. Victor is so proud. Agent Matthew is like, good work. And he's like, God, I'm good. <laughs> she comes Except out, this- she's got this beautiful dress on, her hair is styled. She's got this fantastic makeup. Her eyebrows have been waxed. Everything from head to toe is perfection. And even her walk, everything, she starts walking. Everything is just like so good. And then she completely trips on her heel. She trips. And the second she opens her mouth, she's like, don't mess with me. I've been up all night. I'm starving. Like still the same Gracie, just they fix the outside to make her look like yes. a pageant woman. And that's as a coach, I can tell you the the thing you can fix the outside. You can do all the things, but it's all the work has to start from the inside. Okay. Now they're at the pageant and miss Morningside 
sees her and she's like, Victor, you have not lost your touch. Wow. Like it's a huge win for the FBI. They're not going to get caught right away. But then Gracie has to get on the bus with all the contestants, all the states. And she sits next to. And she's got to meet all these women who are actual pageant girls and play off that she is one of them. She sits next to Rhode Island, who is arguably the nicest woman the she would probably be the miscongeniality in all honesty of a movie the one that she's like 100%. I memorized everyone's name and picture like I'm just so excited to be here like just the sweetest most genuine woman and of course she sits next to her everything about pageantry she knows she's got a platform she is so ready oh boy and now they're singing the song the Miss United States song that everybody knows and she's Miss United States she's so uncomfortable and then they're going into their like orientation breakfast everyone's in their like beautiful suits their first impression outfits and Cheryl kind of like gets overwhelmed she's so excited and grabs Gracie and she kind of squeals and Gracie is like doing is clearly bad acting doing what she thinks another woman would do and she's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) And you can see all over her face. She does not know what to do. And then at the breakfast table, Hawaii and New York get into like a little like, just, it's just like a tiff, like an argument, like the one Hawaii's really wants everyone to be listening to her and Cheryl accidentally cuts her off and Hawaii's like, I wasn't done talking and New York sticks up for her. And then it starts. It's like that little bit of like pageant drama that starts and everyone's on edge and that's real. Like everyone's already a little on edge. Everybody wants to be the best person there. And sometimes they like squabble over something so silly. This is when there's like silly drama that should never happen, but it does happen. Gracie, um, something happens with her mic and they can't hear her. So they realize it's unplugged and they get this, she gets this shooting sound that goes through her ear and she has to kind of play it off. But everybody, it's the first, really the first time in the movie that everyone kind of looks at her and they're like, something's off. Like these pageant women are looking at her and they're just like, that's a weird thing that you just did. And then we go into rehearsals and they're on their adorable, like athleisure outfits, which typically you probably wouldn't rehearse in, but they are here. I think in a Miss pageant, it does happen more than Mrs. pageants that there is an athleisure rehearsal. Okay. Well, Gracie is not getting this dance stuff. All the other women are picking it up so quickly. She's obviously all over the place. She's never had to learn a dance in her entire life. You can tell. Can you imagine being a true FBI agent and having to learn choreography? No. Oh my gosh. I, (laughs) I struggle with it now. And I, was a cheerleader in college. Like I like can get certain routines down, but even now I'm like trying to figure it out. (laughs) Okay. So now Cheryl comes to her room and she gets to kind of chat with Cheryl a little bit. Cheryl just wants to hang out. She's like trying to have a girl's night and her roommates, Texas, who is sleeping, has sound, some sort of sound going on. It's probably like affirmations (laughs) or something. And she's trying to sleep. And they're just chit-chatting. Oh, Cheryl's like, you're definitely going to win. Like, you're just so nice. Like, 
Cheryl does not think that she's going to win. She's so nervous. And then Texas has had it. And she's like, can you guys not, I'm trying to sleep over here. Can you leave? Which I mean, she comes off really not nice, but like valid. She's trying to sleep and you're, you have to have a roommate most of the time and they've got the light on and they're talking. And I mean, you and I have talked about it so many times. You've got to sleep during pageant week which Gracie gets none of like, as soon as she turns the light off, they pull her from her hotel room and, and she goes she, to debriefing and they go and Victor's got her practicing walking stairs in an evening gown, which people should, probably don't practice as much, but you should, especially if you know, there's going to be stairs. Huh. We did a whole episode on that with Miss USA, right? Yeah. And obviously Victor knows like, yeah, we have to practice stairs because it's really hard. And no one's you are not going to be believable as a top five contestant if you trip down the stairs oh, and then she tries to eat and they won't let her she just wants a donut so bad she just wants to be a normal person and as a pageant person it you really do have to treat your body like a machine when you're at pageant week I'm not saying like you can't have a snack or something but like you kind of have to eat the foods that are going to fuel your body the best so that you can feel your best. And I mean, look your best too, but like really, truly just feel like you're a person. <laughs> oh no. So now it's going to the citizen and he's, sh it's showing that explosive device that he made earlier. And it's on a mannequin's head showing clearly, like this is going to go on the crown. They're going to literally blow up the women's, the winner's head. I remember watching that scene and being like, at, cause I was already competing at this time. And I was like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's horrifying. You like have your winning moment that you work so hard for, and then that. Yeah, that and then well, yeah, and you die. Like not just your moments ruined, but like you would literally die. Yeah, and not just you, but probably like your runners up, like everyone on the stage around you. Like that's awful. Okay, so she gets back to her room, and now they're kind of getting ready for prelims. This is going to be the talent prelim. And Texas decides to call her out, call Gracie out and say, I saw this man that came to your room. And of course, Hawaii, who is a very much she, a rule uh, violated the rules. Yep. No men that's not allowed. And so they're all just looking at her like, now, what are you going to say? And I mean, that's true. That's, that's real too, because there are sometimes with like there are like rules there for people who have clearly abused the rules at some point and there, but then, you know, they get broken sometimes, but you have the ones that they find out you break the rules and they want to mm -hmm. tell on you. Especially if you are like Cheryl's told her, oh, you're definitely going to win. Okay. Well then if Cheryl's thinking that clearly other contestants are probably thinking that too, that you know, she's gorgeous. She's got a shot. And then she broke a rule. Well, now these other contestants are going to use that rule breaking against her. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you and I look at it and it's like, they're clearly threatened by her. Otherwise they wouldn't bother, but she's like, oh my gosh, like my cover might be blown. And they're not exactly. thinking like anything like that. No, they're they're just... thinking about it as pageant contestants of your threat. You broke a rule. We're going to throw you under the bus. All right, so now we're in the talent prelims and Gracie's doing the water glasses, which the whole like bra line outfit 
and like the glasses is so iconic. I mean, I just feel like Victor had to think about this so hard to style this outfit because she already had this talent. She had shown it earlier somewhere that she could do this talent of like playing the water glasses. I don't remember where in the movie, like maybe in one of the first scenes. And thinking about the fact that they put that, her in the outfit to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny. Oh. With the pigtails like rolled up like German style. I don't know. Like, I don't think this is a German inspired talent. I could be wrong. I don't know a lot about German culture, but I don't think playing water glasses is associated with German culture. Well, and it's funny because they initially show all the traditional like baton twirling, singing, like, you know, like doing fun stuff like that. And then she comes out with water glasses, which would be a very different type of non-traditional talent. I mean, arguably memorable, but then she, everyone's very like, ooh and ah. And then do you think she sees someone with a gun? who's a threat and she literally dives off the stage and tackles him. She goes and straight it's on live to TV. work mode, mm-hmm. which Miss Morningside's ticked. She's got her in her office now. She's all disheveled looking at one of her pigtails braids are literally sticking out the side of her head and she's ticked. She's like, you're making a mockery out of my pageant. Something that I've worked really hard for. She's also a former and takes it very seriously. And Gracie is just not treating it with the respect that Miss Morningside feels like she should be showing it. And Gracie's like, I'm trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah, I don't care about that. I don't care about making it look good. Right. I'm here to protect your contestants, not to beat one. But then she like gets in her face and she's like, basically threatens her. And enough that Gracie gets she gets scared. She's like, oh my gosh, like it gave her a bad vibe. And then I think it was probably the first time that Gracie ever potentially put the Morningside um, director as a potential citizen. Mm -hmm. Like she's just like that. This was, this was weird. Now we cut to poor Gracie who still has not slept in days, which is the worst thing you can do when you're trying to do a pageant and you're at a national pageant and Victor's trying to teach her interview skills and how to be likable and <laughs> charismatic. And this is just something she's never focused on in her entire adult life. And she gets a little, you can tell she starts to get a little upset and not a little upset, a lot upset because he's trying to teach her how to do all this. And is like, why are you like this? And she's like, you don't have any idea why I'm like this. And he's like, well, can you explain it to me? And she's like, look, I work 24 seven. Like, this is just how I am. And it's just, I don't know. It's really sad because she's like, yeah, she's just like, look, it's fixed. I'm in the top five. Congratulations to me. But Victor, who is so in this world understands that like, no, like, don't you want to try to even make it on your own and like have some pride in what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And I totally get that. Like, don't you want to just give it your best effort? Oh, he says, instead of have, or like, instead of like having friends, you have sarcasm and a gun. And she's like, well, I don't want relationships. I don't want friends. I work 24 seven, but she does, you know, she does. 
oh no, she tried to eat a donut and she pulled her gun out and pointed it at him. (laughs) Eating a donut at gunpoint. Okay. So now she basically tries to quit and she tells agent Matthews, like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. And he convinces her to stay. They kind of, they have a really sweet moment of friendship and it's really cute where he's telling her, like, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And honestly, it's probably one of the first times in a long time that she had a one-on-one conversation with someone that was very genuine. And they were just being really nice and saying, like, I'm proud of you. I know you can do this. We're in the swimsuit scene. Victor comes in with chicken cutlets and wants her to put them in her suit, which she's horrified that she even has to wear a bikini because she's like, why do other people get one pieces and I have to wear this? Which a good pair of chicken cutlets, like even if you have like, it's not about like you want them to be like up where they belong and like look like they're exactly. It's not about the amount of blessings you were born with. It's about the the shape your body is. It's it's giving the proportions. It's it's just do it. Just do it. If somebody brings them, put them in. Oh, but then he sprays her butt with hairspray to keep her swimsuit from going up her butt, which does not work in my opinion. <laughs> you need real glue for that. And then they go right into swimsuit and she does great. She looks amazing. Victor is watching so proudly off to the side and then it's interview and they ask an onstage question and every woman is saying that if they could pick, basically pick anything. World peace. World peace. And it's just a montage of the one most important thing that our society needs and everyone's world peace. Well, then Gracie gets up there and she answers it based on what she really thinks, which she thinks there should be harsher punishments for parole violators. But she catches on when everybody's silent, she catches herself and says, and world peace. And And Victor's face is so proud. He's like, oh my gosh, she's getting it. She's getting it. Okay. So they have a lead and I don't think we mentioned this before, but when they um, ran the DNA on this envelope that had been licked, that the citizen letters came in, they realized that it wasn't a man, it was a woman. And so they're like, okay, this is either a copycat or this is, you know, the citizen, but maybe they had, he had a woman lick the envelope. They don't know, but they know a woman is involved. And now they're looking at Cheryl, which Gracie's like, I'm sorry, that Cheryl, like, this is not a hardened criminal, but Cheryl is against fur and animal cruelty. So they have these photos of her being part of these big protests saying like, fur is bad. And they want her to girl talk with her. And she's horrified. She's like, I don't know. What do I talk to her about? Like, do I talk to her about like leg waxing? And she agrees to do it, but she's like, you can't be in my ear because I can't like talk to her with a guy in my head trying to do girl talk. Well, her idea of girl talk is, well, (laughs) cause she can't, she doesn't think that she can really do it. So she's like, well, what can I do to get her to come like talk to me? So she brings food, she brings pizza, but all the women see it and come running and they're cause they're, everybody's hungry and everybody wants some pizza cuts to them at a nightclub. So they're all like blowing off some steam. Poor Cheryl is definitely drunk. But can you imagine for real, if this had happened to you at a pageant where like, you've been, 
pretty much like on your strictest diet ever. And then all of a sudden you see a girl like ordering pizza and everyone just storms your room. I, well, I, that's the thing though. I don't think I would have even wanted pizza because at that point I would have like, cause when you eat something heavy, it, you get a stomach ache after you've been eating so clean. I don't know. Yeah, I did want it. Actually, Matt got me pizza after Mrs. America. I totally forgot about that. Till just now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And then drinking? Absolutely not. Do you, have you heard of like women going out and partying like during pageant week like this? I've heard of it and I have heard how terrible it is for their pageant week. Really? I've never done that. Like I've never like gone out and drank. Even at Mrs. America, they had like wine, I think at each dinner. and. I didn't even have wine at dinner because I was so afraid I'd take, because I was oh, so I literally looked at it and I was like, uh, never, no, no, no. No, I was already dehydrated. I was like, I feel like I'm going to sniff that and it's going to give me a headache. She basically comes to the conclusion that this is not, Cheryl did not do anything. Like she's so sweet, but the girls are gossiping and they're gossiping about the pageant system. And the Miss Texas is telling her that Dan broke down to her and said that they're firing him. This isn't his last pageant by choice. Like they're looking for someone newer and younger, which a light bulb goes off in Gracie's head at this point. Oh, and they're firing Miss Morningstar too. I forgot they said that. So they're both Morningside. out. Or yeah, Miss Morningside. Morningside. Yes. Yeah. They're so both- like basically the whole system is getting like a refresh, younger, new generation, new blood. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So the superior from the beginning of the movie, like their sergeant or whatever has come down because first of all, he saw Gracie tackle someone on TV and he got ticked off. He's like, I got to get, I got to get down there. And now he's saying, Hey, we caught the guy. Like we can all pack up. We can go now. But Gracie at this point, she's like, wait a second. What if this was a copycat? Because Miss Morningside's getting fired. Stan's getting fired. The envelope was licked by a woman. It didn't follow the same pattern as the right. previous citizen like letters. Something like, different here. And she's like, listen, like Miss Morningside cares enough about this pageant. She threatened me. Like, she's just like, something's not right. Well, so basically they're saying, no, you're not staying for this pageant. If you stay, it's But remember her toxic trait has always been not listening to authority. Right. Which I mean, she worked out this time, but, but yeah, like she does not and cannot listen and she doesn't. So she's like, can I just stay with a small team? And he said, no, if you stay, it's on your own. You're going to turn in your gun and your badge if you stay. And she chooses to stay. Oh my gosh. And so then it cuts to Miss Morningside. She gets the crown out and she's got it on her head and she's practicing her wave. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting thinking about that she's been a former she's been a director we now know it's her last year as the director what why would she do this do you think some directors throw that crown on their head and like 100 i actually know <laughs> of directors that have their own national crown just hanging out in their office that sometimes they throw on their head and why not they run the pageant they are entitled to do that so now her quote unquote assistant Stan or not Stan, sorry, Frank walks in, which now we learn is actually her son. And he's like, yes, mom, this Frank isn't is going to work. Son. Like, he's like, mom, this isn't going to work. They caught the citizen. We can't pin it on him. So now we know 
they're the ones that had created this bomb that they are going to use to literally blow up the pageant and this year's winner. And now we know Frank and Miss Morningside were the copycat. Yep. And he's like, it's not going to work, but she pulls out these hate letters of like women's lib, like different religions, just different people who really aren't on board with pageantry in general saying like, we could literally blame it on any of these people. It's going to work. And of course, Gracie stays, right? We already talked about that. And she's assuming that Victor's going to stay and help her. She goes running in thinking that Victor's going to help her. And he's like, I can't because basically if I don't, if I stay, I was told I'm not going to get paid and he has to get paid for his time and the resources that he put in, but he leaves her with a gift, which is her evening gown. And is like, good luck. Like he's so proud of her. And he tells her that, like, he's like, I am so proud of you. And you know, that means so much to her. I mean, when your coach says something like that and gives you a gift like that, that's huge. Yeah. Even if she didn't ask for him to coach her, like it does, it makes the, for the person who had been mentoring you and teaching you literally everything that you know about pageantry and like helping you be your best self. And then they say they're proud of you. It means so much. Are you proud of me, Chris? I'm so proud of you. Always. <laughs> Thank you. She's panicked. She's like, I don't know what to do. So she goes running in and they're all gossiping about her. Cause they're like, where is she? And they're like, well, she had so much pizza and beer. They're all like talking about her, but poor yeah, they don't expect her to show concerned. up. No. Well, then when she does, she's very, I, she's such a hot mess that they're all like, okay, even though you were a threat, we can't even let you fall apart like this. And they all rally together to pull her hair together and throw makeup on her. And they're like, no, like we are not going to let her embarrass herself. And it's such like the sisterhood part of it all, where it's like, even if you're competing and you're in, even though sometimes they gossip about each other, you're, you're never going to leave somebody hanging. Oh boy. Opening number one in a million. (laughs) They're like in their Statue of Liberty costumes. And it's that one in a million song. Gracie's going out. She's, and she nails it. Do you secretly ever want to have this as your opening number? Uh, uh, absolutely. I would kill to have this as my opening number. Are you kidding me? Now I don't really like opening number for myself though. As an audience member, it's always is really good. Even if the women aren't dancing perfectly. I never wanted to wear this, but I wanted to do an opening number to one in a million for my entire life. It's, they all look so good. They have a lot of glitter. I can't imagine that they would have for this pageant for finals, they're going to cover themselves in body glitter, knowing that they have to go into like swim and evening gown. That is just, that's why this is a movie and not a real life. Just saying. Cause they all are very sparkly. Well, anyways, she makes it to the top 10 and she falls, which is a real thing. People fall on. I've judged. It is a very real thing that this poor girl, I have never seen a person fall as hard as she did. She tripped on or like stepped on her dress and it slipped. And I swear the back of her heels touched her head. That sounds, that sounds so painful. Ow, 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 ow. But it's all about the recovery. And she really did yes. recover. And really how well. you handle it. And you just get up and you keep going and you smile. And it's about the grace. Okay. So they're all now it cuts to the FBI guys. They're all packing up and they're 
kind of just like talking about just different things with Victor. And he refers to Frank as Miss Morningside's son, which nobody knew at this time. Agent Matthews is like, wait a second, what? And Frank's talking about, or sorry, Victor's talking about Frank's rap sheet. And he's like, wait a second, like he's a criminal. And he's like, yeah. Like, and he's like, I don't understand, Victor. How do you know about this? And he's like, I've been in pageantry for so long. I would shock you with the intimate details of people's lives that I know. And I thought of you again, because <laughs> people tell you everything because you're the coach. Um, can I plead the fifth? Well, yeah, because you don't tell Because me I cannot stuff. say anything I do or do not know, but it is true. I do know a lot of things about pageantry. But it's kind of like, you always hear, like you've, I've heard people say like, oh, like if you do something wrong, like you just, you're supposed to tell your lawyer everything kind of thing. And I feel like in pageantry, you tell, you your, tell your coach, coach everything mm-hmm. because she can take, or he can take everything it is about you and right. help you mm-hmm. tell the story of you. That's right. And it's not even always just about you. It's just sometimes things that have happened to you or you've experienced and your coach can help you recover from that or channel that or whatever you need to do. And that's my job. And then Gracie gives Cheryl some flaming batons because Cheryl had said to her, she'd always wanted to that was always her dream. And Gracie is finally getting on board with the idea of having a friend and being part of a sisterhood. And she's like, I'm going to make this dream come true for my friend, Cheryl. And it's so sweet to see her doing something like that. All right. Agent Matthews and Victor have arrived back to the pageant venue and agent Matthews shows his, his badge. And so the police officer lets him through. Victor opens up a compact, looks like a little eyeshadow compact and goes, I'm with him. <laughs> like, uh, here's my badge. <laughs> like I definitely belong here. I'm a man with a eyeshadow compact. And Cheryl goes on stage and she Flippin' kills it. She does great. And Agent Matthews sees Gracie Lou. Gracie Lou, I'm just going to call her that. And he runs to her and he's like, hey, like we're back. Like Frank's, you know, a convicted convict. He's briefing her. And Victor's trying to dress her for talent as she's literally getting briefed because he's like, no, 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 we're not giving this up. You're going back out there because it's not fixed at this point. They don't have, they're not going to have to make her. Now she has to make top five on her own. Yep. And she goes out there and realizes that the other women have accidentally drank her talent. They all were like really thirsty and drinking her water glasses. So she has to go out and show. She literally drank her water, which cracks me up so much because I've been there where you're backstage on finals and you, you got dry mouth cotton mouth you're so nervous and you just grab anyone's bottle of water and just drink it or a cup of water yeah are you kidding me like you're so thirsty and so she has to show self-defense on stage which it went well I think it looks really good it was clearly going to be memorable just like her water glasses oh and then this morning side goes up to the current reigning queen and is like Hey, I'm going to take the crown. We're going to get it polished. And she's like, oh no, like I can hold on to it. And Miss Morningside's very insistent and takes the crown and sends it with Frank and Frank installs the bomb. So they've done swim. They've done talent. They are now being announced to the top five. Who's going to be the top five. They are just waiting. They're so nervous. Victor's like 
freaking out and they call Gracie and she's in the top five on her own. So Miss New York decides to publicly come out on live TV when she doesn't make the top five. And she's like, I want everyone to know all the lesbians out there to know if I can make top 10 in Miss United States, so can you. And they have to drag her off stage. And that's I don't like know. a moment because this was a movie that was kind of ahead of the public coming out. So I think that was pretty progressive as a movie. But have you ever been a part of a show or seen a show where someone goes rogue? Because really it's live TV. Like she's, everyone's supposed to smile and then you follow the direction to go off stage. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a pageant where someone just totally goes rogue. Seen it in a pageant ever. Like in person. I've definitely seen some video clips, <laughs> but so now we're oh. on to- <laughs> 100% seen it on clips, never in a real show I was either attending or watching where somebody's like grabbed a mic or, you know, no Kanye moment where Beyonce should have had, you know, never, <laughs> never anything like that. Okay. So on stage question and Cheryl, um, has sir and Victor's like <laughs> terrific answer. And then he, he curses it because he's just like, dang it. Like he wants crazy to win on her own so badly that he can't hardly stand it. What is going to ask Grayson about basically if the pageant's outdated and anti-feminist because she's trying to bait her into answering how she thinks she's going to answer. And Gracie, poor Victor is like, oh, great. But she answers it so honestly and says, listen, like, yeah, I used to be one of them. I used to think that until I came here and met all these women and realized what they stand for and how incredibly smart they are and how terrific they are as people who just really want to make a difference in the world. And, and that total 360 moment where you see Gracie really did like see what pageantry is about it's not about the glitz and the glam it's about people wanting to make a difference and the sisterhood and we're falling earlier which always is gonna go off really well because if you can kind of laugh at yourself it eases everybody else people love that and so people are laughing they think it's really cute and victor's like oh my god i did it like he literally says i did it <laughs> Because she answers it so beautifully. Yes. And he just feels so validated. Like I turned this woman into a pageant queen. But then she found and makes a very public threat to Miss Morningside that really only Miss Morningside knows it's a threat to her. But she's like, I will she's hunt like, you and down. If anyone and if anybody tries to mess with him, I will find you and I will hunt you down. <laughs> Which is, that's also her way of saying like, no, I've made friends. These are my friends and this is my way of protecting them. And I will protect them. If somebody hurts them, I will destroy you. And it's like just a brief shining moment. And then that mouth, <laughs> he's just like, so bummed. Because like, she was why? so close. She was so close to nailing it. And then she took it just too far. But at the yeah. same time, she was doing her job as an FBI agent to protect her sister Queens. That's what she was there for. And she did it. So she did win in that aspect. And we're still proud of her. And she finally realizes because Glory, the reigning queen says, oh, Frank took the crown to get polished. It'll be right back. And she's like, oh, it's the crown. 
she turns around she's like it's the crown victor it's the crown and of course he's in pageant coach mode he's like yes you can taste it be the crown wear the crown you can see you the are crown. the crown like he's just like not getting it has no idea what she's even talking about he's just like be the crown and he's so happy to like be that for her <laughs> he's thinking pageant coach mode be the crown you are the crown <laughs> other than like joking because of this congeniality but never ever have I said be the crown you are the crown no she's trying to signal agent Matthews of like that it's the crown it's the crown and they don't understand quite what's going on and they start calling fourth runner-up third runner-up and she is just desperately trying to get somebody's attention well, she's like agent, signaling, signaling, signaling. Agent Matthews literally spots Frank with a remote and is like gonna go after him. Well, a security guard sees him and steps in and they get into a fight because, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, you have a gun at a pageant, drop it. Well, it gets to be top two. It's Cheryl and Gracie. Well, Cheryl wins. And as an audience member, you're just like, the nice girl one, it makes you happy. But at the same time, you're like, wait, but you're going to blow up the nice girl. Like, what are you doing? So Cheryl and Gracie just is like, absolutely not. I'm not going to let this happen. So on live TV, she's literally tearing the crown off of her and the other women. Which are again, it looks sort of like she's the angry, bitter first runner up, like, don't get the crown from me. But at the same time, we know as audience members, she's protecting Cheryl from dying. But for everybody watching this pageant, they're like, oh, look at this terrible first runner up who doesn't want the winner to win. And all the women go and they're like trying to stop her. They're like, Gracie, stop. Like, don't do that. Because all of them are horrified because they're like, you know, they're tried and true pageant women like you lose with grace that's what you're supposed to do like how dare you act like this and as frank is about to push the button agent matthews knocks it out of his hand and miss morningside picks it up and cheryl's crying her crowning moment has been ruined her crown was taken away and gracie at the last minute throws the crown into the air and it explodes and literal like <laughs> explosion. Not like it explodes because she throws it in the air. It explodes as Miss Morningside is pushing the button on the remote to make it explode, which should have been in Gracie's hands. And all while this is going on, Frank is still singing the Miss United States theme song, even as the fights are going on. He is... No, it's not Frank. It's not Frank singing. Oh, it's not MC. Frank. Stan. Stan. Yeah, your beauty and your grace. <laughs> Stan is still singing the Miss United He's States. He's not going to give up his last time to ever be the MC at this pageant. He is going to end it. Your beauty, your grace. And he's just. It's amazing. Like that is a good MC. You just keep going no matter what happens. And so Miss Morningside's getting shoved into a police car and she's screaming about, they stole my pageant. They stole this. And Gracie is like, hey, it is a scholarship program. 
And Miss Morningside says, it is yeah, not yeah. a pageant. It's a scholarship it's- program. <laughs> and Gracie, who has been trained so well by Victor, when she says, yeah, corrects Miss Morningside and goes, it's yes. And she slams the door. <laughs> Oh, and then Agent Matthew and Gracie have a moment. She does this thing where she's like, oh, I think you might think I'm cute, but I'm going to make a joke of like, you think I'm gorgeous. You want to kiss me? But then they kiss and it's really cute. You think I'm sexy. (laughs) And then the next day, she's back in her pantsuit. She's thrilled, I'm sure. And they're like, there's something going on at the winner's breakfast. Like, you gotta come quick, come quick. She comes running in and Cheryl's giving a speech about how she saved the pageant. She saved the day. She saved everyone's lives. She's this year's Miss Congeniality. And they're like- Which was like such a full circle moment, right? Because typically somebody like Gracie Lou Freebush who would show up at your pageant who hates pageant girls would never win Miss Congeniality. But in this case, she really did have that full circle moment. She spoke about it on stage, protect my sisters, do not come after them. She really did save the day. She earned that award. And she's telling them how honored she is. Everyone's like tearing up and she's you know, it's like someone finally showed her appreciation for her standing up to them, which as, even as a child in the beginning of the movie, like yes. no appreciation, like, and she's like, exactly. I really do want world peace. <laughs> and I really do want world peace. <laughs> like, she's such a good person. She has such a good heart. And like people find all these women who she had made fun of for so long because really she didn't feel like probably she was one of them like love and accept her and like appreciate her it's so it's such a happy ending and I know there are Miss Congeniality 2 and 3 but I just feel that Miss Congeniality 1 is epic beyond proportion is the quintessential favorite movie of my life because not only does she find herself she finds sisterhood she finds love she finds who she is it's all the things I love it I know you you love it too I think it's probably a tried and true one for all pageant women and if you haven't seen it in a while you should rewatch it because rewatching it just now is like made me so happy I don't feel like we should give any kind of like spoiler alert because if you have not seen Miss Congeniality by this point and you are listening to this podcast sorry about you we just ruined it for you that's okay. Chris's question to end our movie recap. Find that the stereotype stereotype of people thinking pageant girls only want world peace is true. I'm thinking that pageant girls, because I don't think most people who stereotype pageant women even think that pageant girls actually want world peace. I think they probably just think that they're phony and they just say that, but definitely pageant stereotypes of the kind of women that people think that these women are, are alive and well. And it's definitely happened to me up at our club one time when I had a Mrs. Ohio appearance and this woman who I just met who had 
been making fun of me all night. She had been drinking too much and she like had made fun of me for being Mrs. Ohio. And I just let it go is whatever. And she's like, Hey, like, why don't you guys come do this with us next weekend? Not that I would ever have accepted. And I said, Oh, you know, I, I think I actually have a Mrs. Ohio appearance. And she's like, so what your husband can't come. And I was like, well, he'll probably be with me. So probably not. And she's like, I mean, so he just can't come because you have like a stupid pageant thing. And then that was, but that was it for me. I was because I was like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't get to talk to me like that. Um, I was, and so I had had it. So I look at her and I said, I'm Mrs. Ohio America. It is not a silly pageant thing. It is a big deal. It means a lot to a lot of women and it's not stupid at all. And she was like, oh my gosh, I just can't. And I look at her and I go, no, you can't. And you never will, because this is the way you act. You're channeling your crazy hearts. Oh no. I was very, Matt, Matt literally didn't hear any of this until the tail end. When I said, when I let her know that like, no, you're right. You can't. And you never will, because this is how you are. And this is how you act. And then of course he's like, what happened? And I'm like, did you miss this whole thing where she was making fun of me? And the answer is yes, he did. But so she clearly life, had a no, sty- stereotype. I totally get that. I've never had a person like come up to me and make fun of me because of being a title holder or something like that. But I definitely know it happens to me behind my back or has happened to me behind my back. But I don't care. I just truly don't care. Uh, I think most people are in awe by it one. And then the people who get it and get the work that goes into it are very impressed. I'm, I'm like impressed by women when I hear that they've won a pageant because it's hard. It is not an easy thing to do. And then you have, you know, just the loud ones, the ones that are gonna be kind of jerks about it because they're either jealous they don't get it. But like, even if I think something's silly, like if I think somebody's hobby or something that they do is, is dumb in my opinion, can you imagine saying that to someone like, oh, that's so dumb that you like weave baskets, somebody, but they feel like they can say it to you. Or that like you run marathons or that you do um, weight training or you sew or you love I don't know, like needle pointing or whatever your hobby is. I would never make fun of someone's thing that they love and find joy from ever. So the fact that anyone would ever say something to you like, oh, like your husband can't come and you're like, no, because he's probably going to be with me because I am Mrs. Ohio and my family comes with me blows my mind. It was, I was fired up and it's, (laughs) I mean, like, and I know she had been drinking a lot. And, but she had been like, like poking at it all day. It was like an all day long golf outing is what it was. And I was just like, you know what? Listen, I've been nice to you all day. I have not said anything back to you, but you do not get to speak to me like this because it's not nice. It's rude. I've done nothing to you and I'm you not have going out to put more here. Welcome. It. Yeah. Like. And that's okay. I think as a title holder too, that people do need to remember, like you do not have to accept that kind of treatment from people, but you just need to know how to respond in an appropriate way. 
Well, I loved getting to recap and rewatch Miss Congeniality with you. I hope all of the Pageant Buzz listeners also enjoyed um, for our next couple of pods. We have a fun guest that we're going to have on. So I don't uh-huh. want to say it yet, but let's wait. Let's, no. I don't want to announce any guests, but we have some good guests that are coming up. And Vegas for USOA. So we're going to recap that soon. Uh-huh. Um, don't oh forget, we, I, I would like our listeners to be able to put that on their calendar. We're going to be recapping USOA in great detail. We are going to be having tons of great interviews coming up. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Where can they follow us? At Pad and as you always say, don't forget to spark. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.